0: Evolution takes time. Some evolutions are big, some are small. Either way, the one key component to the consistent thread of all evolution is the reinvention of identity. If you want a better life than the one you currently have, you need to reinvent your perception of who you are and what you can accomplish. Losing a massive amount of body fat and keeping it off can only happen if you become a different person. But that doesn't mean that life becomes easy. You see, the gravity of your old identity, the pull of the past, can still be strong. Today's guest is inspiring for many reasons. Not only did she lose a massive amount of weight, reinvent herself, and become even more of a badass in boxing, but she still battles daily with getting rid of the old self. Get ready for some real raw truths to come flying in your face with today's episode welcome to the evolve podcast evolve your body evolve your mind evolve your soul and evolve your tribe and now it's time to disrupt and with that folks we want to welcome you to another episode of the evolve podcast joining me in his everlasting shirt is the most Woo-hoo. interesting man that i know w miles riley welcome miles
1: hey hey steve Hi. thank you Yeah, glad to be here tonight with our special, special, special kick-ass guest. She is
0: pretty badass. We are really, really fortunate to be joined by Kim Hartman. Now, for those of you who don't know Kim, you're going to get to know her a little bit more, but she was a co-host for us. On one of our episodes, one or two of our episodes. Um, and to introduce you to Kim, Kim says, I'm a wife to an amazing husband, a mom of three active boys, a writer, and a boxer. I've struggled with my weight the, my entire life, reaching a high point of 320 pounds at my highest. Then I discovered my passion for boxing eight years ago and my passion for total fitness about three years ago. I'm still working on finding my passion for nutrition, but I'm finding what works for me and trying to take it one day at a time. Kim Hartman, welcome to the Evolve podcast, or I should say, welcome back.
2: Thank you so much.
1: <laughs>
0: I think the last time we had you, there was just this uh, this great back and forth between you and Miles. It was uh, That was as entertaining as our guest. I
1: love my Miles, you know. I think the title of your next book should be, I will knock you the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> and it, and it's like, it's, it's, even though the title is pretty brutal, it's really like this philosophical inquiry into the dynamics of change. Yeah. yeah. But the title is, I will knock you the fuck out. Exactly.
0: I love that. And <laughs> Kim is, is a great I, I writer. Like so I could see, I could see you writing that book, Kim. There you go. You got your title. Now it's just going uh, backwards.
2: I thought about writing a book about just sort of the journey because it's a continuing journey. It's not a, um, you get there and you're done, you know? And I think a lot of people think that.
0: Well, I think Um, in, especially in today's uh, day and age where you got so much social media, people look at before and after pictures and they think that the after is an end right but uh, however old we are we still have a lot more life to live and that after picture is not the end we are living life there is no snapshot that becomes the end and i think that's a big part of what we want to tap into uh this time around is talking about some of those challenges but before we get into that tell our listeners a little bit about yourself um you know walk, walk us through uh what what is who is kim right now who i
2: am right now um well, like my bio said, I, at one point was 320 pounds and, um, you know, I, I feel like I was always the person I am now. I'm just now I'm Kim 2.0, but, well, um, I grew up, I grew up in a, in a family of six kids and I had a, um, really beautiful older sister and, um, I was always the funny one <laughs> <laughs> because like grew up, you know, my older sister was the beautiful one, and I was the funny one. And uh, it's funny I look back at pictures now, and I always considered myself overweight. But I look back at pictures of me as a as a younger girl, and I and I really wasn't like overweight. I um, I grew fast, and I was taller than a lot of kids at a young age. Um, but I always considered myself overweight, and um, by the time I was 30, probably uh, 30, 31. I was 320 pounds. Um, and, you know, you just, I always joked around with people that I um, had like reverse anorexia because I would look at, I would, I, I felt like I was normal size. Like I didn't feel like I would see myself as, um, perfectly fine. And then I would see pictures of myself and be like, is that me? Like, I don't, I don't see myself that way. And my, and my mom would like, I'd see a picture. I'd be like, oh, I hate that picture. My mom would be like, why? That's what you look like. And Mm. it just, um, it didn't compute in my head. Um, and I actually had gastric bypass surgery when I was, um, uh, thirty. And no, actually, when I was forty, sorry, getting my um, numbers mixed up, um uh, when I was forty, and I got pregnant with my son several months after that. I lost um, let's see a hundred and thirty pounds after that surgery. Wow. And that was the first time I'd ever gotten pregnant. And I'd been married for 10 years at that point. Um, So I was able to uh, have my son and um, just kind of started putting weight back on. So I was like, during that time I was exercising and I actually had um, um, found boxing. I just decided one day that... Um, boxing was something I wanted to try and so I um, just I think I actually looked at um, Yellow Pages believe it or not I think I went online and looked at Yellow Pages and um, found a boxing studio that was near me and just went in by myself and um, tried it out and started going um, and started going to boxing and I really liked it Um, but didn't really do a lot with changing how I was eating or anything. Um, and so I did put on, um, did put back on quite a few pounds, um, after that surgery, but, um, it was probably three or four years ago. Um, I went through a separation and eventually a divorce. And I just felt like that I needed to really, make some changes in my life. And I started um, really like getting into boxing and taking it more seriously. And I decided that I wanted to change the way I was eating. And I just sort of found something that worked for me. I um, was looking at my macros and I didn't do anything extreme, but I just found something that I could like implement in my life that would work for my life at the time and started really um, keeping track of what I was eating. I think I used my fitness pal. um, And I was working out, you know, I was going three times a week and then four times a week and then five times a week. And um, then I made a goal for myself that I wanted to actually do a fight. Um, And so that's kind of, and the weight just started coming off and eventually I lost um, 90 pounds. Just sort of on my own doing that. And there was just something in me that just really like clicked at that time. Um, That just, I got this passion for working out for fitness that I had never before had in my life. Um, Before working out and fitness had been a chore, it'd been something that I knew I should do, but I never really wanted to do. And at that point, it really, um, clicked in my head and I became this person who, um, would do anything to get my workout in. And eventually I became the person who was going to five thirty AM workouts, which I was never, ever, ever a morning person, never a morning person, <laughs> but I had to, I had to move my schedules because of my kids and because I was a single mom. And so I started doing these things that because I loved working out so much, I was making these changes in my life to accommodate that. And it was just a complete um, turnaround for me um, that I had never experienced. And because of that, I started seeing changes in my body. I started developing muscles that I'd never seen before. And this was, you know, in my forties, like arm muscles and shoulder muscles and back muscles. And I was like, wow, this is so cool, you know? And it all sort of like culminated into me like actually reaching this goal of um, having my first fight. It was in uh, June of 2021, where I actually got into a boxing ring and participated in a bout in a, it was a, and um, a fight, you know, it was an exhibition fight, that we did three rounds that were a minute each and it was awesome. Totally awesome. And I've never worked
1: so hard for anything in my life. Never.
0: It's really the cool. The first time
1: you hit and you had that change of state. You know what a lot what a lot of people who've never boxed before, what they don't understand is the minute you hit somebody with a really good shot, your state changes. Mm. And it brings up this kind of rawness in you. Yeah. And, and, and that's one of the things when I was training at boxers at Lifetime, oftentimes women would say who had never hit anybody and they would take a good shot and, and, and they would look at me with that wild look in their eyes like I have never experienced anything like that, hitting somebody yeah. and I don't have to apologize and I can hit as hard as I want and that sensation. When was that first sensation for you? Um, you know, I have had
2: so many dreams where i needed to hit somebody and i couldn't like i would i needed to punch somebody and i actually couldn't do it um but i remember the first time i sparred and i was really nervous and i i took a shot to the head and it was probably more to the like to the face kind of to the side and i remember coming back from that and i was like oh my gosh That was awesome. And I was like, I was like, okay, I can do this, you know? And this side of me that I never knew existed came out where where I was getting hit and I was like, oh hell no. And I would just become this like super aggressive, like, that's not happening. Just, you know, (laughs) person that I didn't know existed. You know, I didn't know I could I could be that way. Um, and it was like amazing. It was amazing. And I didn't win my fight, but it didn't matter because the whole experience was so incredible, like that I had set this goal. I was, I've never been a goal setter. Um, and that I had accomplished it and I had done this thing. Um, but after after that i really kind of like got lost in the desert so to speak like Mm. i have so
0: before we go to to the getting lost point i want to i want to go back just a little bit because there's something interesting i i think about your story kim that it reminds me of you know in episode uh 53 we had interviewed uh dan cadmus and he had lost i can't remember how much it was well over 100 pounds but there was there's some similarities here where he just little by little things were starting to change right um he didn't necessarily have a goal and i think like you um one thing changed then he got into something else and then little by little something happened and then he just says oh well this is i'm gonna now set a goal and so he did, but he did that after he had lost a significant amount of weight just through some lifestyle changes. You'd been boxing, and then you said, oh, I'm going to set a goal, I'm going to go fight somebody. Um, but there's there's an interesting component to that where you've made a few of these lifestyle changes without actually setting the goal to say, I'm going to get to this uh, this level. Yeah. I want to go back to your, your heaviest weight. Um, what do you think led you to get to that point? When you were at 320 pounds, what what was happening internally, externally, that led you to that point
2: i was um I was incredibly unhappy in my life. Um, I was in an unfulfilling marriage, an unfulfilling relationship um, that I felt very lonely in um, mm. and that just, I felt very um, un unloved. We were just, um, it was just not a good, I can't point to it and say, oh, this was wrong or this was happening, it was just not a good marriage. And I am definitely a person who eats my feelings. And so anytime, anything, happen, we would have an argument or um we just which was all the time, I would just turn to food, you know, if I felt lonely, if I felt frustrated, if I felt angry, if I um you know, I would just turn to food. Food was my number one comfort during that whole during that whole time. And I think when I went into my marriage, um I was probably, when I got married, I was probably already, you know, I was well over 200 pounds, Um, but I would say from the time we got married up until that point, I gained 80 to 100 pounds. So you don't need to be in here. Sorry. My cat wants to be part of this. Nice. Nice. We'll we'll interview the cat too. (laughs) So it was just really a matter of, um, just being, you you know, it's hard because I, I had, um, you know, I had a really good job. Um, I had some really good friends, um, but I just felt out of control in so many areas of my life. Mm. You know, I didn't have what I felt like, um, was a fulfilling relationship at home, a fulfilling loving relationship at home. Um, I, for several years, wasn't able to have kids. Um, So there were just a lot of things like that going on that I think just led me just to, I just turned directly to food um, to deal with that.
0: So it sounds like food was really, um, was there to comfort all the emotions—not just sadness, but loneliness and mm. being angry, upset, frustration—that yeah, that, that food sure. became the the habit there. What what, yeah. what were some of the physical challenges you were doing with at that uh, at that weight?
2: Um, you know, just not being able to like just moving becomes more difficult. Just physically getting around. I always felt like I was trying to be smaller than I was like I just mm. everywhere I went I just wanted to be smaller and not seen um I hated flying because it terrified me that about you know am I going to fit in the seat I knew I was going to need a seatbelt belt extension it was embarrassing to ask am I going to get stuck in the middle seat there's just all these anxieties around um being out in public you know going to amusement parks or anything that where you're gonna have to fit in something was always scary and anxiety inducing um it just like not being able to do things I did have you know we adopted our older son and not being able to like actively play with him and stuff you know I just when you're carrying around that much weight it's just I mean just physically moving is difficult you know Um, and I'm a pretty like I'm a pretty strong person and I I feel like I carried my weight all pretty evenly but um, you just for me I think a lot of it was just anxiety about going places doing things am I going to fit and then just that feeling of always trying to make myself smaller around people, you know, um, just, you, you're not I, the first
0: person that's told me that like yeah, uh, as over like the I'm years,
2: too much space, you know? Yeah. So just trying to make yourself smaller all the time. So you weren't what? inconveniencing anyone.
0: Let me ask you this. One of the things that I found uh, over the years in coaching people when they were at their heaviest weight, they would tell me, and and I'm not sure if this is the case with you or not. You mentioned eating the feelings and and going towards, you know, leaning into the pain by by eating. Um, What several of my clients over the years had told me was that, The eating led to the excess of body fat right which led to more separation between them and another person when you think about a lot of the feelings that we have a lot of the emotions that are painful so loneliness sadness um maybe unrequited love uh, those types of things when we eat and then gain the body fat we create more physical space in addition to emotional space and so the physical becomes a manifestation of what's happening internally and what many of my clients told me is, is, as they started to lose body fat, it started to shed that barrier physically and emotionally between them and another person. Did, did you experience the same thing with the relationships in your life?
2: Um, that's an interesting question. I, um, can we get like, can we get personal here?
0: yeah yeah so it's your story
2: <laughs> um i so there was a lot going on with me when i um when I left my marriage so I started losing weight um I was you know it had been fifteen years of feeling like you were in a sort of loveless relationship
1: mm-hmm.
2: um I had never, um, you know, I grew up in the LDS church and, you know, I got married at, um, I was almost 31 when I got married and when I got married, I was still a virgin. Like I was very strict LDS. Oh, I had never like really had my, I don't know my wild twenties or whatever people do. And so I was out of a marriage. I was, um, in my forties, I was losing weight and I was like, I kind of want to see what life is like a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm still trying to decide if that was smart or not. Um, (laughs) because
0: (laughs) it's a good way to put it. And maybe it doesn't matter whether it was smart or not. <laughs> it, it was experience, it right? Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, yeah.
2: But I went a little bit, maybe a little bit crazy, maybe not. I don't know. But um, I was like trying to. I was trying to. How do I put this? I was trying to like find love and and acceptance um, based on the fact that I was losing weight and not on who I was as a person. Um, so I was looking for, I was like, man, I'm losing weight. I'm looking pretty good. Like somebody should love me now, you know, and it wasn't about, I'm actually a really good person and I have a lot going for me and I'm smart and I'm funny. And, um, and so I was, the fact that I had spent so much of my life, especially those last 15 years, um, feeling so, um, icky about myself, mm. you know, mm-hmm. um, and carrying this extra burden, like emotionally and physically in the form of weight. And then you're letting that go. You kind of start looking for validation in the wrong ways i guess um and that's initially what i was doing i was looking for physical validation like i'm looking pretty good aren't i you know um but i i really wanted to find love but i was looking but i was looking for physical validation versus love um and that was because i had this um you know, Steven, you and I talked about this a lot, Steve, because I was still trying to, um, I still have seen myself as that fat girl, but I wanted right, other people to right. tell me, no, you look good, you know? And so it's really hard to make that connection between your body and your mind when you, when you make those changes. It takes a long time to see yourself in a new way. Yeah. Um, or is everything interesting? to
1: kind of catch up. Yeah. Isn't it interesting that no matter how you look, I don't care if you are the most stunning person on the planet or the worst looking person on the planet when you reduce yourself to what I call thingness. And the thing is what you're using to capture whatever. Mm-hmm. So like if you're beautiful, <clears throat> you're using beauty to fill a hole in you, mm-hmm. and whatever happens is you've turned you've It's almost like you. We we have this capacity as human beings to objectify ourselves, and then oh, yeah. turning ourselves into objects. True. Yeah. Use the yeah. object to gain the type of love or acceptance, and acceptance is really about being an existence. You know, I'm here as a human being, and that's it but all the other stuff that i add on to myself to use to attract the right type of person the right love the the the, the right self esteem and all that stuff it doesn't work because you see it used across like uh, that that's beauty scale from the most beautiful to the person who we think is the most ugly at some point we're using this thing and we're not using our existence
2: yeah yeah and i you know i think i had in my head at the time like if i were more beautiful or if i were thin um maybe this marriage would have been better but that wasn't it at all like the fact is my ex-husband and i like and this is way too much to get into but it never would have worked like they're just just not compatible
0: Is what it sounded like
2: yeah we weren't compatible compatible. the love wasn't there and it wasn't because I was overweight, you know? Yeah. Um, It had nothing to do with that. We, he was damaged in his own way. I was damaged in my own special way and it just never was going to work no matter who I like, you know? And so I had to like really learn that about myself and like learn that. Okay. I like to be, I like to be this way because I like to be strong and I like to be healthy and I like the way I feel, but I can't like, that can't be who I, that can't be just who I am. Like, I can't be all about that because I'm so much more than that. Like that's my shell, but I can't use that to try and find like love, you know, um, because I'm so much more than
1: that, right? Yeah. It doesn't translate to a relationship. Mm-mm. No, yeah. any of the, no. the things that you have, well, like again, I get back to that term thingness. Yeah, anything you have does not translate to a relationship. Whether you have a better car or, you know, yeah. I can't wait till I get my six pack because when I get my six pack, I'm yeah. gonna get the woman. Like it doesn't yeah, translate.
2: I think it, at some point in my head, I was thinking, oh, if I get, it, if I am, if I lose weight, then someone's gonna love me you know yeah. well no you have to like love you I mean it sounds it's so cliche you have to love yourself first but it's so true like you have to be secure within yourself and who you are in order to attract the right the right person and I was attracting all the wrong people because I was just putting out there like here's my shell isn't it great and that's all I was attracting with people who wanted shells you know
0: well, I think there's a couple of interesting points I want to unpack with you, Kim. Um, you know, first, uh, I there's, so I think that in health and fitness, um, you know, as we get into better shape, I I, I personally believe there's nothing wrong with wanting to look better. I don't think that oh, there's anything wrong with that because not. I think beauty and aesthetic is just around us everywhere, right? I mean, we go to beautiful places. We never say, oh, I want to go to this place because it's ugly on vacation, right? We go to the most beautiful places. So I think beauty and aesthetic is there. Um but to the point that you were making earlier is sometimes we misplace the value. We think that, okay, as Miles was saying, if I get my six pack, then I'm going to be loved. Well, that's not really the case. I mean, if we want beauty for beauty's sake, if we want aesthetic for aesthetic's sake, if we want to accomplish something for the sake of accomplishing it, uh, for the pride, whatever whatever we're going after, that, that's one piece. So I, I think that there's something to be said for going after beauty for the sake of beauty. But then also understanding that if there's something deeper under the surface if we want to feel loved if we want to feel accepted we have to separate those things right we have to say okay i'm doing this for myself i'm doing this so that i can build self-respect i'm doing this so i can have more self-love i'm doing this so that i can feel more beautiful nothing wrong with that but if i want love i have to do other things right i have to like you said <laughs> love myself Yeah, i have to put out into the world. Who I am, and you know, let that be. I think there's another important piece to this as well, because you you referenced getting into a marriage. Uh, I, I wouldn't. I hate to say later in life, because I don't think that that's later. I think in Utah that seems later, but it's very yeah. common for people in their late twenties, early thirties. Yeah. uh, Late twenties, early thirties is very common for people to get, uh, to get married Um, and being a virgin and then experiencing the physical and the sexual uh, at at that stage of life. I, I do think there's something to be said, you know, as soon as you get into an intimate relationship, you now have sexual needs. You have intimate needs. It's different. When that happens, your life doesn't go backwards. You don't stop having these physical and sexual needs. uh, It it, it doesn't go away. I mean, when you're a kid, you don't have those things, but once you start into that, down that path, you do have those needs. And I think that that's an important thing that we recognize that sometimes we may lean into that a little bit and say, all right, I have these physical needs. I have these sexual needs. Uh, That's an important part of emotional intelligence is understanding those things but then also knowing again, what those things aren't, you know, it's not love. It's, it's affection. It's touch. It's, you know, many beautiful things, right? It's a, it's a confluence of energy that uh, it's a coming together uh, in a spiritual way. If, if it's done that, uh, you know, from, from that deep connection state, but it's not necessarily a bad thing. But again, if the intent or something else is put into it where I'm just going after that and I'm doing that so that I can get love, then we're probably going to miss the mark. So I, I think you bring up a, a, you know, several great points where you may have been looking for attention and validation because of the hard work you were doing. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But then saying, but I also want love. And maybe when you said, oh, maybe I went a little too far. I, I, I mean, I'm not here to judge you. Whether you did or you didn't, I don't know. I don't know that it matters either because where you're at right now is a great spot right i think it's i think it's wonderful uh and i think that's part of how we find our path in life as we start to put ourselves out there and we we start to get to the point where um we understand ourselves better we understand our voice now eventually you found a man who i just love to death i mean i think he's such a great guy and you you reference that in your bio he's he's a wonderful man um As you became more authentic, that seemed to be an easy attraction is the way I perceived it. Am I, am I reading that right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, and that's the thing is, as I've talked to Eddie about it, you know, the, the thing we've said is it doesn't, it doesn't matter because the journeys that we've both been through have led us to each other. And so it's not a matter of judging, of oh, that was wrong or that was right, or, but this is, this was my journey and this was what led me to finding him and him finding me. And that was, you know, and I've often said, Oh, I wish we had met each other earlier in life. You know, well, we had to go through our respective journeys to be prepared for each other at this time in our lives. You know, we wouldn't be the people that we are, you know, if we'd met each other 10 years ago, 20 years ago, or whatever, we've had to go through our different journeys to, to be the people we are now, I've met now and, you know, to, to be that perfect match for each other. And so, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. And, um, you know, it's not perfect. No marriage is perfect, but I, I remember coming out of my marriage and just thinking I have never experienced true love and I don't think it's ever going to happen for me. Like I honestly thought I am never going to have experience true love in my life and just feeling like kind of this despair over it and so to now know oh this is what it's like this is what it should be like and to to have that feeling and and to to know what that's like it's it's amazing and um yeah it's 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 great and i had to go through all the things that i went through to get there yeah
0: Well, that's part of the path that gets you to the point where you, uh, I, I think that's part of where the connection is, right? I mean, I think about the friendship that you and I have. Um, we met at a company that uh, I, I jokingly, uh, to my family now, refer to it as probably the worst company that I've ever seen with the, how it was managed. Uh, um, I, and But yet that company and the experience uh, that I have had, I guess I'm st- I still have with it. Yeah um brought me a lot of great people in my life i mean you uh uh, many many other people um and and so i think that there's
1: this
0: (laughs) right yeah you and miles now so i i i think that the the challenges the paths in life i mean they bring us uh what wonderful people i i want to go back kim to talk a little bit about when so you started boxing and then you got a little bit further into it, and you got a little bit further into the fitness side, and then you committed fully to saying, Okay, I'm going to go after this goal of fighting. Um, and then the weight started to come off even more. What was it that made you decide to make that change? What was it where there was something that clicked that said, Okay, I'm going to do this goal? And then you started to see the weight continue to go?
2: Um, well, it was actually. So the first, the thing that kind of triggered it was I was working for a company that um, does like weight loss products and they were, they said one day we're going to do a contest for any employees that want to participate. And so I was pretty new to the company. And so I'm like, yeah, I should try out their products because I'm going to be writing about them. So Mm. I should participate. And so that's kind of how it started was um with this contest and i ended up it was a month-long contest and i ended up winning it um and i sort of like i had a goal in my like the goal in my head was just i wanted to get below 200 pounds I'm mm. like i just want to be below 200 i don't care i just want to be below 200 and then i'll be happy and so i met that goal um and then i just kind of kept going Um, and then I was like, wow, I don't think I've been this weight since like high school. Um, and then when I decided I wanted to do a fight, it's like, okay, what would be my ideal weight for a fight? And, um, it, it just sort of was like, huh, I didn't know I could do this. And it was when I realized that I was doing things that I didn't realize I could do that everything kind of started clicking, you know, like I didn't know I could be this weight again. I didn't know I could develop muscles in my back. I didn't know I could get punched and punch someone. And suddenly I'm doing these things that I didn't know I could do, especially didn't know I could do it in my forties, you know? And suddenly there's all these possibilities that you didn't ever know were possibilities before. And it's like, huh, what else can I do? And I remember I was at a fight. Um one of my coaches was fighting and it was really fun. And I was just and I just thought, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna fucking do this. And the next opportunity I get, and it's not easy for someone my age and a you know and a woman to find fights, but the next opportunity I get, I'm gonna do this. And um the opportunity came up and i was like yes <laughs> i'm going to do this and it was so like the training for it the prepping for it was far harder than the fight itself the fight itself was just fucking fun it was, yeah. it was so
0: fun so when you, you can know, show have, up like, and just like, have i don't even great remember time. that
2: much honestly. but i remember that the the um headgear was covering my eyes and i couldn't see
0: <laughs> was so fun. <laughs> can, can you bring so up, like you bring a up great something athlete. really interesting? There's a one of the things that I've found in watching people evolve over the years is that there is a point where you do something that you didn't think you could do, and maybe that was you look in the mirror and you see a different muscle that was there, or you lift a heavier weight, or whatever it is. Right? You challenged yourself, and then you said, "Oh shit." Well, what now and that what now point is the curiosity i call it the curiosity turning point because when you go from okay this is the story i used to tell myself now that i've eradicated and blown away that bullshit story what yeah. now and when you yeah. reach that point it's almost like you it, it doesn't stop from there because once you yeah. become Curious, you're no longer judgmental. Once you're curious, you're no longer living in that state of telling yourself this bullshit story. And you yeah. you were so eloquent in the way that you put that that you did a couple of things, then you said, Holy shit, I didn't know I could do that, but what if I did this? Mm-hmm. And that is powerful. That is unleashing the beast from within, right? That's yeah. where the aggressive Kim comes out i absolutely love that
2: yeah i didn't know i could get up at 4 25 in the morning so that yeah. i could get to a 5 30 workout that's you know 30 minutes away but yeah. i do that on the regular um well i did I do it on the semi-regular
0: now. I know you're in transition. Another with another part
2: your, of the story. Yeah,
0: and we'll get to that in just a second, because I know you're in transition yeah. with the gym uh, that you're, yeah. you're going, you're going to go to a new gym, but yeah. 4.20 in the morning, right? Getting up early, doing these workouts. It, it was much harder than what you initially had committed to doing, but you just said, hey, I'm going to commit to doing the fight. And then, it's almost like it doesn't matter what it takes to get there you're going to get there because you're already committed yeah. to that goal and yeah. it's that commitment and curiosity i think that drives us forward um you, you kept on that you went and you did your fight and you got done with the fight and then this is now a lifestyle but like all lifestyles the gravity of the past can still have some pull on us. And I know that that's something that you have been uh, dealing with lately. And in fact, as we have gone back and forth and talked about having you on the podcast, you said, Hey, I want to, I want to be, you know, give my story and I want to be inspirational, but at the same time, I want to be authentic. And, and that's why I said, Yeah, that's why we need to have you on because I love the fact that right now you're not in your, uh, ultimate state, right? You're not feeling 100% on. And that's part of why I wanted to talk to you today, because I think that that's a normal state. You know, most people wake up and they say, well, yeah, I achieved that one goal. And, you know, now I'm a little bit off of it. And God, what's my next thing or what's my next step? And uh, maybe work gets a little bit hard. Maybe a relationship gets a little bit tougher, but God, that's life. Right. So talk a little bit about where you're at right now and what has led you to this, uh, you know, to this current state.
2: I like, I'm struggling right now. Um, I'm tired. I, um, my nutrition has not been great, which is probably part of the reason why I'm tired. Um, and I've been, I'm as you've mentioned I'm kind of between gyms right now and and so it's been really really hard and poor Eddie like I have literally cried to him on several occasions (laughs) about the fact that I'm struggling so hard and Mm. he's so sweet because he'll just let me cry and I'm like I'm literally crying about a gym right now like because I don't have like I don't have a place to to go right now. Like part of what made um, this journey for me so great was that I had a gym that was a, that was really a community for me where I had friends, where Mm. I had people that I really like counted on and were just kind of like a second family. Like my boxing gym was like my second home. Yeah. And um, becomes your tribe. That's the, that's who yeah, helps you sure,
0: stay sure. solid. Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And that, um, for reasons I won't go into that, just kind of has in the last, um, couple of months has really broken down and sort of left me a little homeless, um, as far as boxing goes. And I was, um, I live in Morgan and there's not really a lot out here. And and I would travel to, bountiful, you know, every morning, which is a 30 to 35 minute drive. And I, I didn't mind doing that because it's important to me. That's, mm-hmm. you know, I'm dedicated to doing that. And, um, and so I was, I've just been, I've been struggling with that, with not having the people, the tribe, the, the consistency. I'm someone that like really likes the consistency of this is what I do every day, you know. I yeah. get up in the morning, I go do this workout. Um, I eat these foods, you know, and I just, it was interesting. After my fight, um, you know, I had been going to boxing classes, I had been sparring, I had been hitting the treadmill, um, and I'd been working so, so hard for two or three months before my fight and then after the fight i was like okay i'm going to you know take a little break from sparring and and that little break from sparring has turned into like a year and a half break like and i have not been able to like get myself back into the ring and it's been mm-hmm. and i and I don't know, I've only been, I think I've sparred like twice since I had my fight. Um, and I don't know like why, because um, like I said, the fight was fun. I didn't get injured in it. It was It was really good. The woman I fought, like I love her. We talk all the time. Um, it was a great, great experience. But getting back into the ring has been really hard. Um, working out as hard has been difficult. Like, I just don't have the energy. Um, my nutrition has, <laughs> I've been the last couple of weeks, I've been working really hard on, um, kind of upping my nutrition, but I've just, I've just struggled. And I feel like people, people think, especially when they see you know, on social media and um they just think oh she lost this weight she does this all the time like whatever she's got it. she's fine she's got to figure it out I'm like no like it's hard it's really hard like I am terrified terrified of gaining back weight like I can't even express that enough um and I try not to be crazy about it. I try not to jump on the scale like every single day, but I do check. Um, and when you're, when you've been 320 pounds and you like the thought of getting back there, because even after I had that surgery and I saw, um, five pounds come back on and then 10 pounds, and then it was 20 pounds, you know? And it's like, at what point does it become unmanageable to lose that, you know? Yeah. And I'm still carrying like the 10 pounds that I gained during COVID. And I'm like, okay, that's all right. It was just 10, 10 pounds. But then it's like, what if I put on another five pounds and then another five pounds, you know? It's like, at some point it starts to become, you start to feel like it's becoming unmanageable to like lose that weight you know, and then you're back where you were. And it's a terrifying feeling. Um, It brings up so much anxiety. And I just think if I'm not working out, you know, five, six times a week, I'm going to gain that weight back. And that's how I feel all the time,
0: Mm.
2: you know, and I feel like I can't relax.
1: Yeah. Can, can I ask you a question? Can I? Because yeah. there's some things going like really running through my head. Um, I, I forgot who it was. It might have been Patrick Mahomes or a podcast. I was listening to with these athletes and they really gave us some insight into what athletes go through. You know, we think of athletes training all year round and, yeah. and they were talking about the, the rookies that come into camp, you know, they go through their camp, they 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 go play. And when the season is over, it's really anticlimactic. And, and it's up to each individual athlete to, to find his way to keep his momentum. Yeah. And the great athletes know how to cycle on and off. And I keep the se- the hearing, to a degree, it sounds like you went through an athletic cycle. Yeah, yeah. You know, you train and train and train to get in the ring. You get in the ring, you box. And then there's that lull. It's over. It's literally yeah. over Yeah. and it's like your body needs to take a break and come down. And if, if you don't see yourself as an athlete, you can really freak out when you're on that downward spiral. But as an athlete, you kind of accept the downward spiral because you know, at a certain point, you got to get back on the horse and do that again. And so my question to you is, are you seeing yourself as an athlete? No. I don't see myself as an athlete <laughs> so that there's the possibility that yeah. that that if you saw yourself as an athlete, this lull would be the natural course of things until say like six months from now or just say now you're starting to work on little tiny things building yeah. your momentum to have another fight yeah, but if you don't see yourself as an athlete, then it's yeah. kind of like. I'm spiraling out of control man yeah and that's the
2: thing I'm like I'm trying to figure out like what are my next steps like do I want because at first I was like yeah I'm going to do another fight and now I'm like do I want to do another fight I think I do do I I don't know like and now I'm like I don't know what I want to do I just feel like I'm just I'm like am I an athlete or am I just a middle-aged woman who's trying not to get fat again
0: but but those are important questions and 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 i part of the reason why i wanted to have this conversation kim is it it, it's not i mean i i hate to minimize and say it's not unique but it's not unique this is something that everybody goes through right because and i've seen this over the years as to miles point if you view yourself as an athlete then you have to have your on times your off times right i've seen people that you look at a lot of professional athletes once they are finished with their uh their careers yeah, A lot of those guys put on a lot of weight afterwards because when they were a professional athlete, they knew how to go on and then off. And, you know, you read about Kobe Bryant in particular and how he would go all in for a few months out of the year and then he would kind of maintain. So I think that if people have this mindset of, okay, I'm an athlete, and I'm choosing that, right? I'm choosing to be an athlete. Then there's going to be some times where you're more on than you are off. Then there's the other piece. And the other piece is the lifestyle piece. So to your question, am I an athlete or am, am I just a middle-aged woman that wants to not gain weight and wants to be healthy? I think that's a great question too, because wherever we define ourselves, if we define ourselves as an athlete, then that means that we're going to have some cycles and some ups and downs and that's okay. But then there's the lifestyle piece that fits into it. And so what is my lifestyle? I think one of the things i've observed with you and your lifestyle and just how you're wired you're very tribal in nature you are you're very gregarious you're very outgoing you're uh you attract a lot of people to you i remember the company that we worked at together there was um I, the group messaging app uh thing that we would be on and you put together the fitness tribe and there was, that was just a, this point of positivity, but then there was also this point of positivity around the, the desk where you would sit, where the boxing gloves were, and people would come over and we, we ended up hanging a punching bag over by where we sat, right? Um, yeah. Because you built the tribe around you. And so I think there's, there's, there's three important lessons for our listeners. Number one, if you define yourself a, as an athlete, you have to understand what your on and off cycles are. You got to clearly define those things. If you decide that you don't want to be an athlete, that's okay too. If you just want to live a good, healthy lifestyle, right? It's all goal-related, whatever it is that you're going for. Hey, I don't want to put on more weight or, hey, I want to be this type of person. I think those two things are super important. Athlete, lifestyle, you got to define that. The third piece that I want to unpack uh, for our listeners is that you've got to identify how you're wired now see i'm not like you where i've got i want a tribe of people around me working out i I tend to do more of that on my own i'm a guy where i love the tribe around me in business i love the tribe with me in personal life and you know i want i want my group and my tribe that way but when it comes to fitness like i'm not wired that way so i just don't do it you are and so i think that's one of the reasons why the you know boxing gym change uh, it has has rocked you. And I just bring that up because I know that there are people out here that are listening to this right now, whether they're working out or driving in their car to, their, to work, that feel the same way. And I want them to recognize that this is normal. And so you have to ask these questions that Kim is asking herself, because you are in this really cool state. I know it probably doesn't feel like a cool state, but it is a cool state of your evolution that six months from now, you're going to look back on it and say, oh, yeah, that was cool. I, I actually got deep okay. and understood who <laughs> I was. You know, um, I, you're know, you a writer, you're a very good writer. And when you're a writer in uh, marketing, you have to identify who your ideal customer is, right? Your ICP, who's my ideal customer persona or what's my ideal customer profile? That's what you're doing right now. You're identifying what your persona, your archetype is. You're, you're digging deep to figure out, okay, am I an athlete or am I not? Okay, well, where do I show up? Oh, I show up in tribe. Okay, so tribe matters. It's a cool yeah. spot to be in, right? It doesn't that's feel like a cool really spot.
2: Interesting because I didn't realize that about myself.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah.
2: Say that. And I've always like, I'm always saying to Eddie, like, kind of awesome. And he's like, no, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I don't, I don't like doing that group class stuff, you know? Yeah. And that makes sense. Because that's not his thing. But yeah, having the tribe, that is a big part of my motivation, Uh because I knew if I went to that 530 class, I was going to have people that I really like there as well. Yeah, and that we were all going to do it together. And that would be part of my um, motivation to work hard and to do my best.
0: Yeah, and you take the pictures because the tribe's there, and because it's an accountability, and because it's something that you know it's it, that's part of your way of cementing the fact that you guys were there together, right? It's not yeah. a hey, look at me, check out my ass, and you know go go oh, pay for my no. feet pics on Feet Finder, like you're you're yeah. doing this because that's innate in you. It's it's part of your tribal yeah. nature. And having and I really, think good, that's an important part. Really coach,
2: you know that you yeah. want to work hard. On. That's yeah. big part of it. You
0: know, Let, let's talk about this um, part of what I love about this conversation is you're in the midst of the battle right now, right? We're, we're kind of hitting pause partway through your fight and we're saying, hey, go, come over to the sidelines and tell us you're getting punched in the face. What does it feel like? Right. We're so we're having the conversation on the sideline while you're okay. fighting. Uh-huh. Um what are you? What are you doing to stay tough and stay resilient? Because I know you're you're down on yourself and you're kind of downplaying and saying, "Well, I'm not doing very good," but you're doing things. So, what are you doing to stay tough and stay resilient?
2: Um, you know, I don't know. And Miles is making me smile and happy right now. But you know, Steve, that on the phone with you a couple of weeks ago, I was like bawling my eyes out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and honestly. Like I do, I cry on the regular. Um, I've, uh, you know, I honestly, I'm not sure how to answer that question.
0: Well, I think um, you just did.
2: I, I'm trying to- You cry, like, you
0: open yourself up. Isn't that tough? Yeah, right? I, I, mean, I cry. Live in a, I honestly, live in a homogenized like, world. People don't open up emotionally. You're opening up emotionally. Like the conversation you and I had a couple of weeks ago was fucking awesome
2: you just open up right that's tough (laughs) and i feel bad for eddie because he's not like he's not a real emoting person but sure i actually told him um i think the last time because he wants to fix everything and i said you know i i don't need you to fix it like this isn't something you can fix i just need you to just if i start to cry just be there for me that's all i need yeah i just literally need a shoulder to cry on because this isn't something that's fixable right now.
0: That's tough I'm, though, Kim. I'm
2: frustrated. That's I'm, resilient. Yeah, I'm frustrated. I have anxiety about this. Um, I feel like I'm not doing enough right now. And there's not a fucking thing I can do about it right now. Like, this is just the situation I'm in. Um, yeah. I've been trying to make it to um, just the regular. Regular old gym, um but I'm not. I'm not super motivated. Like I go and I do the treadmill and I do some weights and stuff like that. But like you said, I'm like you. Ident- it's so funny because You're I didn't identify that about myself, but yeah. yeah, it's not tribal for me. And so to go there and just be there by myself and not know anybody, it's not highly motivating for me to do. And so I've been having a really hard time getting my butt out of bed and going and doing it but I'm trying to because I know that it's good for me to get up in the morning to move to move my body to like I'm like man i work worked so hard on like my all the boxing with moving you know your shoulders and your arms and your back like I don't want to get back into boxing and be totally like, Oh, I can't, I can't do it because (laughs) (laughs) I haven't done it for the last months or whatever. So I'm trying to do those things just to like, keep me somewhat in shape, you know? And I know like in my head, I know that I can't like lose everything I've worked for, for the past four years or whatever in eight weeks in my head, like I know that. Yeah. Emotionally, I don't know that. And so that's where it's hard because sure. I have anxiety about it. I panic about it. I beat myself up about it. And I'm honestly right now I'm just trying to endure. I'm trying to endure until March first when um the new boxing gym opens and um it sucks.
0: Yeah. But I think you know, that's part I, of what makes you tough is you, you're not, you're not sugarcoating and you're sticking with it yeah. and you're open and, and you're I, emotional.
2: And I'm really trying to like eat better. I've been tr- really trying to like watch how much, cause sugar is my big thing. Like mm-hmm. I eat way too much sugar. And so I've been working really hard just to watch my sugar intake. I'm not perfect. Absolutely not perfect, but I've been doing better. You know, yeah. the last few weeks I've been doing better and that's, you know, it's good. Yeah. So
0: good good for you. And I gotta say, I mean, I'm I'm gonna throw it out there. I'm gonna I, I, I think karma comes back. I think six months from now, you're probably gonna run into somebody that's going through the same shit that you're going through right now. You're gonna be in a different spot. You're gonna look at them and say, Oh yeah, I was a hell of a lot more resilient than I gave myself credit for. Just stick with it. And you're gonna be able to have that conversation with them.
1: I hope so. You know you are you going to be laying down in a ring after getting knocked out, smiling?
0: Yes,
2: I <laughs> might even be better. That would be awesome, Miles. <laughs> yeah. You coming to Utah anytime soon? <laughs> uh, I, I
1: keep, I keep talking to my Utah folks, telling them the minute I feel like I'm cleared with this hip, I think the first thing I'm going to do is get on a plane and go to Utah. Yes.
0: Yeah. I love it. I
2: could use some miles coaching.
1: <laughs>
0: Amen to that. Well, Kim, we're coming up on our time, I want to I just want to, you know, a couple more questions for you. Um, We've talked a lot about your personal evolution, and you know what you've done what you've been through. If you could go back 10 years ago, or go back 10 years in time, give yourself advice that would push your evolution forward? What, What would you say to yourself 10 years ago?
2: Um, I think it would just be you're way more capable than, you know, you know, like you have no idea how strong your body is and the mm. things that it can do. Um, if you just let it, I think I just had no idea, you know, I'd always kind of grown up thinking that, um, But I just wasn't, I grew up thinking I just wasn't very athletic and I, you know, just kind of was always kind of overweight and I just didn't, wasn't really gifted in that area. And I say, when I see women come into the boxing gym now and they look a little intimidated or maybe they're a little overweight or something, I make sure to talk to them and say, hey, like. I didn't start here because I think sometimes when we see people in a gym, we assume, especially if they're um, really fit or something, we assume they've always been that way. Yeah. So I say, I didn't start here. Um, This is, you know, I worked to get here and I didn't think I could get here. Or when I see younger girls coming boxing, I'm like, I'm so glad you're here. I wish I had found this when I was a teenager or when I was in my 20s but I had no idea of what I was capable of then. And so I think if I like, yeah, the advice I would give myself is just um, you're, you're capable of so much more than you know of.
0: Beautiful advice. And I love how you're paying that forward to other Wait, people Steve, too.
1: Steve, before you get to your next question, let me, I want to add something to this question. Cause we ask this question a lot. What would the 80-year-old Kim tell the current day, Kim?
0: (laughs) Oh, great question. Great question.
1: Thanks
2: for all those awesome tattoos.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That is great. There's nothing better than a badass 80-year-old with a lot of tattoos. Well, Kim Hartman, you are... (laughs) yes you are an inspiration um, you, not only to me but to uh, many others I know and this uh, episode I think is gonna speak to a lot of people and help a lot of people make uh, make some changes because you are you've made some great changes and you're in the midst of the fight right now so appreciate uh, you, you coming on and being open and, and vulnerable and sharing your story with uh, with our listeners yeah. yeah thank
1: you so much.
0: And on that note, folks, it is time for us to wrap up another episode of the Evolve podcast. I want to thank my uh, our guest, uh, Kim Hartman, and my co-host, W. Miles Riley. Uh, Kim, as people want to get more information and inspiration from you, what's the best way where people can follow you and follow your personal evolution?
2: Oh, um, well, I'm on Instagram at Kim A. Hart. Or Facebook, Kimberly Hartman. Awesome. J R T,
0: And we will put that in the show notes. Uh, you've got a great story and I would love for people to be able to follow what you're doing and see uh, your continued evolution. And hey, folks, remember that it does take time and consistency to evolve, but first you have to disrupt. And now it's time for you to get out there and evolve and
1: evolve.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Evolve podcast. Follow us on your favorite podcast app, and if you haven't done so, please give us a rating. As an independent podcast, it really helps us get more reach. This podcast is part of our mission to help millions of people evolve into the best versions of themselves. Please check out our coaching services at evolve-cast.com or pick up some of our Evolve merch. Until next time, keep evolving.